Thank you. Good morning. Does everybody go away on Memorial Weekend? I hear it's a it's a big deal. I think I'm getting used to it after 15 years. Labor Day and Memorial Day seem to be the big things where everybody gets a a taste of summer starting and a taste of summer stopping. Am I right? Okay, getting to understand. Pastor, Mar- uh, Pastor, what's your name again? <laughs> I wanted to say Pastor Mark. Is that prophetic, Mark? <laughs> I, I just want to, why don't you just put your hand on Mark? I just want to say something over him. Mark, I just um, see a Nehemiah anointing on you to build and to war at the same time. And I uh, hear God calling you as his strategic uh, a person to go into places where there's been no testimony, no uh, opportunity to hear the gospel, um, and that God will cause you to start what others were never allowed to start. I feel there's an anointing on you to be able to, in the midst of that warfare, to be able to, to, to be a model to other people, to trust God and to know that God is with you, that you don't have to fear, you can keep on building. Um, Nehemiah never stopped just because there was Sanballat's and Tobias against him. And um, the other thing I saw over you is that you've got an Abraham spirit, one where you will travel and keep traveling until you find where God has planted you. Um, I I don't believe Louisiana is the end. I believe it's the beginning. And uh, so we just all join together today to bless you and to say um, the spirit of the Lord is upon you, that you would walk in the freedom and the liberty of the spirit that you'll walk with confidence and clarity, that you will always have people around you that will lift up your hands, support you, that you will financially be stable for your whole life, that you will always have an abundance for every good work, that you'll be the door opener. You'd be a Barnabas to many people. Barnabas was one who made Paul great. Uh, he's the one who... Uh, everybody laid their, 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 um, the sale of their houses and everything else at the apostles' feet. And he was known as one of the, the sons of encouragement. So that same Barnabas spirit, Nehemiah spirit, Abrahamic spirit, that's um, on each one of those men, on you, in Jesus' name. That you would prosper, that we would hear good news about you wherever you go. Amen. When I went into the ministry, um, I got blessed. Um, the, the overseer that prayed over me um, made this comment. He said, all I see is war, war, and more war. But be of good cheer. God is with you. Thank you very much. So my whole Christian life in ministry was what? War, war, and more war. What we say out of our mouths as a blessing or don't say a blessing makes every difference in a person's life. Larry King, I shared this many times, but Larry King was sitting with one of the the great um, Jewish millionaires and he said to him, why is it that Jews prosper Wherever they go, it doesn't matter where they go. Why do they prosper? 
He said, that's easy. Our fathers bless us every week. Our fathers bless us every week. The church has lost the, the knowledge of blessing. We've lost the understanding that laying hands on someone and releasing blessing to them is a biblical mandate. And in doing that, the words of our mouth become a reality in their life if it's mixed with faith. Amen? So really important to understand that um, this, this whole thing of speaking life uh, is, is critical to our Christianity. Uh, Pastor Dennis asked me to speak on Acts chapter 2 today. And I love that because uh, one of my favorite portions of Scripture is literally out of the, the days of Pentecost. I was born again into a Pentecostal church. And so Acts chapter 2 was our, our food. We, we stayed there. We, all, we were always there. But Acts chapter 2, um, we, we notice an interesting thing just before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's a statement made in chapter 1. It says they were all of one accord, one heart, and one mind. And they came that day. Remember, there were no chapters in the original writing of, of Luke's book of Acts. There was, there was no chapters. He just wrote, and they were all of one accord, one heart, one mind, and there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The day of Pentecost, the great muddy rushing wind filled the, the room. Tongues of fire. I mean, an, an amazing uh, um, uh, moment in the Spirit. I'm so sad today that we don't look for these type of things anymore. And if they happen, we think people are weird. If you know of a church where fire starts falling. Um, in in the, my early years as a Christian, the, it was a well-known fact that one of the churches in America, um, I think it was in the south, had the, the fire department called out because it was on fire. And when they got there, there was no fire. But people everywhere around saw fire. There's a realm of the spirit and there's a realm of the flesh. There's a realm of the natural and a realm of the supernatural. And we sang it this morning. We want heaven to come down. We want heaven. I don't even know if you know what you're singing. Because I've been in many meetings where heaven has come down. And I want to tell you it's a frightening experience. It's not your normal, casual, I'm in control situation. Strange things start to happen. People who are God's chosen frozen get put on fire. And there's action. I mean real action. People who are desperate for God love it. People who love comfort and no challenge hate it. It is a great sifter. I remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I've gone through four times. I've gone through four major revivals. I've seen them happen. I've been in the middle of them when they came. Manifestation of angels singing while we're singing. I mean, it's, it's wild stuff. The temperature changes. Wind starts to blow. People start to fall over. People start to shake like um, leaves on a tree. 
power. I'm not talking about a little beep flame on your head as the artist of the past did. Who was the guy who did the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Was it Rembrandt? I forget. But a tiny little match flame on the top of somebody's head. Wrong picture. Flames. Massive, mighty rushing wind. The Bible doesn't exaggerate. When it says a mighty rushing wind, then you, you must know that is the reality of it. You're sitting in this room today and God showed up by the power of his spirit. You, you, would, you would be totally unsettled. I remember the day the power of God fell in my church. One of the instances. The church was as dead as they come. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was brought up being on fire. I don't, I don't understand anything else. But man, when you, you take over a church that has this thing on them, doesn't matter how hard you sing, doesn't matter how good the music is, they are not moving, man. They're dead. There's no life in them. There's no excitement in them. There's no passion in them. Man, and I would try. I would try. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a gentle little being that just goes, if you would like to praise, I'm in your face. You can say amen. It's true. I go, come on, guys. We serve a mighty God. How can you just stand there? He's done great and mighty things. He's kept you alive. He's supplied all your needs. And you just look at him. Even Waterbury on the side of one of the churches on the main road. I read it two days ago. Unbelievable. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts, they don't use praise with, with words of, 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 of uh, adoration or whatever. They got another name on the side of the church. Do you know what I'm talking about? That, that big gray church in the middle of town. They even understand that. Man, and my, my guys would not move. There was never any movement. In fact, when the Holy Spirit showed up, they would fold their arms and sit down. Every time the presence of God tried to break in, they folded their arms and sat down. Talk about frustrated. I'm telling you, I'm so frustrated. I, I prayed, I begged, I begged, I begged. I found the reason for it. I dealt with it. I changed something in the spirit with my leadership. So one Sunday, they were God's chosen frozen. The next Sunday... Got up to lead worship. And that's a funny thing. Me leading worship is, is not normal at all. That's how bad it got. I had to lead worship. I mean, the, I, I, I was pushing these guys. So the Sunday after we prayed and we dealt with the problem, all of a sudden, the whole church jumps up on the first song and starts to dance. I was like, wow. What has just happened? Not only did they dance, they danced out of their chairs, out of the doors, 
and around the church three times. <laughs> what happened? They come back in and heaven falls. I say God's presence is here. If you need a touch from God, come forward. Normally one maybe, normally nothing would come forward. They never responded. 30 people at least rushed forward, stood in the front. I raised my hand to the first person on the front row, and the whole back row fell under the power of God. They started to cry. They started to shake. They started to bounce. One woman bounced like a pogo stick. She was 60-something years old. She had this deadpan look on her face. Boing, 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 boing. Her friend got panicky about her, ran up and tried to hold her. And she caught the same thing. So they're both bouncing all around the room. And then they fell into the flower box on the side of the, the church. I mean, the place went hysterical. The church was never the same again. Every time we came together, they couldn't have enough meetings. They just said, can we come back tonight? They never, I used to beg them to come to a Sunday night meeting. So I canceled it. They asked me, please, can we come back tonight? I'm talking about four, five hours of God just moving supernaturally. People getting healed, people getting delivered, people getting set free. Today I'm concerned. I don't hear stories of this anywhere. I don't hear God is, is present in the house. I can't live without God moving in a, in a supernatural way in my realm. I can't live unless God shows up. Pastor Dennis read right, right away this morning, first thing. Bless the Lord, my, oh, my, oh my soul, forget not all of his benefits. He heals all my diseases. I'm used to meetings, ladies and gentlemen, where the power of God falls so powerfully that the whole congregation hits the floor. No planning, no you know, you know, no, what do they say? Suggestions. No setting people up. Just God showing up. I watched young kids get delivered of demonic activity over their lives that had been on them for years. That literally their faces change. I come from Africa. I'm used to seeing God show up. I'm used to watching demons coming out. But today we, we don't even challenge demons. Demons are so subtle today that we don't even see them manifest. And believe me, America has got demons. Somebody say amen. Maybe you don't believe it, but I'm telling you they're here. There's demonic activity everywhere. So I, I, I say today, when we talk about the day of Pentecost... It was an outpouring that was supposed to start an ongoing move of the power of God throughout the ages. It wasn't something that was just for a day, as so many people say. You look in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, 38. It says, this promise of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You look at verse 16. It says, in the, the prophet Joel prophesied that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It gives a list of things that are going to happen, signs in the heavens. And verse 38 says, this promise is to you, your children, listen now, and as many as the Lord shall call. Who's that? That's us. Until the end of time, everybody God calls, this promise is to you. That he wants to pour out his spirit upon your home. That you should see in the midst of your, your, your children and your marriage, the power of God showing up. That, that there is a breakthrough of the, of the presence of God into your midst. That you wake up at night and there's angels in the room. That God comes and touches you. That God pours out his favor upon you. That God expands you. That God does amazing things not just to you, but through you. But this is never going to come unless there's a hunger for these things. Unless there's a, a faith for these things. The Lord woke me up the other day and he just said to me, get ready. I, I didn't know what he was talking about. Get ready for what? And I realized he was giving me an acronym. R-E-A-D-Y. Whenever you come into the presence of God, have this attitude. You're receptive, R. Receptive, you, you take in what God is saying. You, 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 you don't uh, come with a take it or leave it mentality. You come with a, a mentality that says, when I come into this house, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to receive whatever God has got for me. I'm not leaving here the same. I'm not walking into this room one way and walking out the same. I'm not doing that. I'm going to be receptive. E, expectant. Expectant means you are waiting for something to happen. All you have to do is ask yourself, where are you in this acronym today? Did you come here receptive? Did you come here expectant? Are you expecting God to do something or is this just another meeting? Where, man, if I get a little bored, I'll just, you know, fade out. Expected. You sit on the edge of your seat. Lord, what are you going to do? If we are expectant in this room today, we'll put a demand on the Holy Spirit, and I'm telling you, he'll show up. You can say amen any time. A, attentive. You get rid of all distractions. You don't let your mind drift. You focus in. D, desperate. You, you've got to be saying, I'm not giving up until I get it. I had, I had my, I, it was really important to me yesterday to do some work in the car. And I put my bag on the back seat. Now, the gap between the back seat, uh, sorry, between the front seat and the back seat between my wife and my seat is really thin. So I was trying to reach back. They were in the shop. I was trying to reach back to get the bag. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I took about five minutes trying to get this bad because I could get it just with one finger. But I couldn't quite grip it. And I thought, I'm not stopping until I get this back. It's my makeup. I, I want what I want. I'm going to get what I want. I nearly broke my arm. I'm not joking. I, 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 I was like, uh, desperate and yielded. Yielded. Whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. Wherever you want to take me. I got a feeling one of the reasons we don't receive from God because we know when God gives us something to do or God touches us in some way, we become responsible. We have to change. We have to take on a different lifestyle. And I think many, many Christians are happy to stay where they are. Not these guys, 120 in the upper room. Man, they are desperate. They are ready. They're waiting. He said he's going to pour it out. He told you he's going to pour out his spirit. What are you going to do, Oasis, if he pours out his spirit on you? Are you going to be part of the group that, that go into the river, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, until it takes you? Or are you going to just sit on the bank and watch? Because God is going to pour out his spirit to people that are desperate. If you, if you seek after God, if you chase after God, God is going to meet you. The reason we had not pouring, when I was born again, I, I was born again into a revival. And the reason for that is we were in the middle of a war. And people were getting killed left, right, and center. Nearly every night you heard of somebody you, knew, you somehow were connected to had been killed. Their son, their father. It was a horrific situation. People had nothing to hold on to. We were under sanctions from the whole world. We couldn't get anything. We were totally isolated. All we had was God. I pray you never have to get there, America. That all you've got is God. That you don't walk into a shop and there's one article, there's one box of cereal that you can choose from. I pray you never have to line up for bread for hours just to get a loaf of bread. Comfort, easy street, is the enemy of Christianity. We're supposed to buffet our bodies. We're supposed to deal with ourselves. We're supposed to be strong in ourselves. That's the way we stay passionate for God. I know this is an old-time Christianity, but I think it's still relevant. God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And what happens at that moment? When, when the Holy Spirit falls on you, we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit falls on you, this isn't being born again. Being born again is the Spirit takes residence in you. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit gives you power to do the works that Jesus did. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And so if we want to work for Jesus, if we want to do the works that Jesus did, we've got to be baptized in the Spirit. And to be baptized in the Spirit is a promise to every believer. Luke 11 says, if you ask your father for a, 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 
um, an egg, if you ask him for bread, he won't give you something foreign. How much more will your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? It says in Acts chapter 2, Jesus, when he sat down on the right hand of the father, the father gave him the spirit who was to be poured out. He waits for every believer who is hungry after him so he can pour out the Holy Spirit on you. Do you mind if I share something about you, Mark? Is that okay? One night, Mark sat here and we were speaking about the same subject. And he got in his car, correct me if I go wrong. Got in his car going home and he just said, man, if it's for me, I'm going to get it. And in his car, the Holy Ghost fell on him. He was baptized with power. Am I right? Did you start speaking in tongues? It's just as wild, man. This guy looks like he's quiet and unassuming. Listen to me. He's like a fireball. He's going for it. Do you want power? Or do you want a Christianity that is is just so anemic that you make no difference wherever you go. When me and my family walk into any building, any place, we change the atmosphere. People look at us all the time. I know why. Because I'm so good looking. Not, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you. I'll tell you why. They feel something. I don't know how many times people ask my wife where she come from, who she is. She carries power. I carry power. My daughter carries power. You should carry power. The day of Pentecost did not come for the early church. It came for all of us. But he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh and there would be an instant result. He would connect not just your head to your tongue, but now he would connect your spirit to your tongue. You would be able to speak. You would be able to do what you've never done before. So your words have supernatural power. You call things which are not as though it were. I, I, I don't know about you. I don't want to live like everybody else. I want to live a supernatural life. If Jesus paid a price for me to live at another level, I don't want to stay where I am. It's an insult to him. It's an insult to him. I want to live at a level where the power of God is flowing through my life. He says, wait in Jerusalem till you receive power from on high. And you will be my witnesses. Listen, listen to it. Where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, finish it. And to the uttermost part of the world, that's us. He's waiting for us to get the power to go. So that wherever we walk into, whoever we meet, and it's an assignment from him, power flows and somebody changes. Somebody gets a word from God that changes them forever. Mark received a prophetic word from me which ignited a change in his life. 
Our words suddenly are connected to the power of the Holy Ghost. That same power that made this earth comes through your mouth. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You're all looking at me really strange. You're getting it, right? That power, ladies and gentlemen, that if your kids show any form of disease, you curse that disease. You tell it to get off of them. One place I stayed, I went to go and see the doctor, and they said, we can't find your records. How long have you lived here? I said, six years. They said, that's impossible. We don't have your records. We can't find them. I said, you won't find them. I've never been to the doctor. They said, nobody is, never comes to the doctor. I said, I don't. I said, why are you here now? I was convicted of the Holy Ghost because I had a big growth on my arm called a ganglion. And it, it was like, wow, what is that? So I went home and repented. I said, Lord, I, I, I didn't even ask you. So I curse this thing right now. I, I give the three Ds to it. You die, you disintegrate, and you disappear now. Amen. Next morning I woke up, poof, gone. I phoned the, the doctor's rooms. She answers. I said, you can cancel my operation. She said, Mr. Mel, you don't have to be scared. I said, I'm not scared. It's gone, and I'll come and show you. I said, I'm embarrassed because I never spoke to Jesus about this. But I did last night, and he healed me instantly. They don't believe it. They don't like to hear that. But we carry a power, ladies and gentlemen. We carry an authority. And wherever we walk into, restaurants, young men next to you come and serve you. God will show you what's happening to them so that you can minister to them. This promise is to you your children, and as many as the Lord shall call. God wants to fill you with an unusual authority and power, not to show off. I don't talk like this in the world. They don't understand us. I talk to my brothers and sisters. I challenge you. Are you happy staying where you are? Or do you want to go to another level? Because I tell you, the kingdom of God is always, there's a greater manifestation. When it speaks of fruit in John 15, it says you will bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit. It always goes up. At the end of Acts chapter 2, you'll notice it says many were added to their number. Many were added to their number. In Acts chapter 6 verse 1, it says the, 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 those, ad, those who joined them were multiplied. There was a multiplication, no longer addition. Acts chapter 6, verse 7, there was a great multiplication. Then it stops telling us how it grew because then the whole of Asia got taken over. We need to see not just addition to this church. We need to see a multiplication and a great multiplication. You need to be ready to be moving in the power of God. If you're looking for one man to make a difference to the community, you've got it wrong. We are all supposed to catch fire. It's not good enough just being a, a nice person. You need to be reaching into your community. It's not just you in your small corner and I in mine. 
It's not us and my little family. It's us living on purpose. That wherever we go, getting on an airplane, going into a restaurant, going into a, a, a grocery store, wherever you are, that that power is not there just to make you glow in the dark. It's there to, be, to, to use you to do what Jesus wanted. Well, you know, Easter was just a little while ago. And after Jesus rose again, he started to show himself to the disciples. Unusual power. He just, I, I mean, imagine Jesus just walks through the wall. And here he is. They, they panicked. They thought, said, this is a ghost. He says, touch me. Ghosts don't have flesh and bones. He took some fish and he ate it. In other words, he could materialize and dematerialize as he wanted to. There's another realm, ladies and gentlemen. Philip, when he had finished, he got taken. We call it Philip's travel. He traveled, he was transported. From one moment he was here, the next moment he was somewhere else. These things are not told just for you and I to be entertained. These are happenings in the body of Christ. Our level of expectation is so low that all we expect is a couple of songs on a Sunday and a sermon. We don't expect power. We don't come here waiting for God to do something spectacular. We arrive having been conditioned by the, the church of the day. Where to see God move, to see God flow in power is, is no longer there. Thank you for getting through. I don't know why I always sweat in this church. Day of Pentecost is supposed to connect you to the power of God. You might sit there and just say, well, you know, I'm really not worthy. <laughs> None of us are worthy. That's why Jesus died. So we become worthy. We are in him and he is in us. That's what qualifies us. You will never be good enough. It doesn't matter how you do gymnastics around your problems. You will never be good enough. He's good enough. And he's in me. And so when the Father looks, he doesn't see me. He sees the finished work of Jesus. I'm clothed in his righteousness. That doesn't give me a license to sin and do what I want. So Jesus, when he, he walked through the wall and he, he spoke to his disciples. He came back. Thomas says, I won't believe. He never saw him. He said, I won't believe unless I can put my finger in his hands and thrust my hand in his side. And Jesus shows up again while he's with them. And he says to them, you, you can do what you want to do. You can put your finger in my hand and you can thrust your But blessed are those who without seeing believe. You need to develop a life that you don't have to see God moved. You just believe what his word says. We need to call in some promises. We need to start to do things we've never done before.
We need to start to call in finances. We need to start to call in health. We need to declare things over our family every morning. We need to speak our futures into being. Your life is drifting if you do not make proclamations about where you're going. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. You are just drifting if you are making no proclamations about your future. If all you've done is live to see your family grow up and leave home, what are you going to do when they leave home? What is your assignment? My wife and I have many assignments. There are people waiting all over earth for us to show up. And if we're not aware that we have the power to change their futures, then ladies and gentlemen, we'll just be floating through life. Not getting up in the morning and making a declaration. I thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you. You've called me to make a difference. I thank you. Your favor is on me. I thank you that finances are coming towards me. I thank you, Lord, that health is upon me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No tongue that is raised shall stand. I speak in the power of the Spirit. I declare into the heavenlies. I cancel assignments against my life and my family's life. I don't just sit on my big blessed assurance and hope that Jesus is going to remember me. In the early days, I remember it says, He forever liveth to make intercession. I just said, well, praise God, at least he's praying for me. As though I had nothing to do. Jesus standing in their midst, this is what he says. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. I'm calling you to go, all of you. Sitting in a seat is not good enough. You're supposed to infiltrate this world. You're supposed to bring an answer to people's problems. You're supposed to bring power to people's troubles. You've got to be like Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, lives were changed. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. You cannot live, you cannot accept a, a meaningless, toothless Christianity. You've got to live under the power of God, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to have, have not just an impact, but an increasing impact. When we stand in front of him one day, He's not going to say, well thought, thou good and faithful servant. He's not going to say, well intended. He's not going to say, well prayed. There's only one thing he's going to say. That is, well done. What did you do? What did you do? Well, you know, I supplied the finances for that. What did you do for the kingdom? How did you extend his kingdom? Because the power of the Spirit has come that his kingdom rule and reign might extend to every place where there is darkness. Every person who is under the curse of God, you and I are supposed to realize we are on an assignment every day to do good wherever we can. To overcome evil by doing good. To always be ready to bless somebody. 
One of Sarah and my friends is a man called Dana Gamble. I told you the story of um, his, his, his statement. The favor of the Lord is upon me and surrounds me like a shield. Dana is in a place called Canton, Ohio. Dana has had a father who passed on to be with the Lord. He's promoted into glory. His name was Herschel Gamble, very well known. Uh, Herschel Gamble was a, an, was a national figure. And Herschel Gamble would fill his pockets every day with folded $20 notes. He folded them in a certain way. What he would do is he would go through the town and wherever he found, felt the Lord prompt him, he would give somebody a $20 note that was folded. It was his quirk. It was the way he did things. And when he died, his daughter, Diddy, so missed her dad. He was such a figure. He was such a massive man. She wept constantly. She missed him so much. And the one day she was driving in her car, she was crying her eyes out and saying, Father, I miss my dad so much. <laughs> All of a sudden, folded $20 notes started to fall on her car. I'm not talking about underneath a building. I'm talking about on the road. Nothing but trees. Now, many of you are sitting there going, If you understand the spirit realm, God can do that. I know many people that have had money just fall out of the sky when they had nothing. I can tell you the miracles that have happened to me. I can tell you stuff, how God manifests himself. You have no idea what God wants to do to you and through you. Mark, as you travel, don't you ever listen to any lie that says God's not with you, that God won't supply for you. God has got your back, my bud. You're going to have an exceedingly abundantly above life, more than you ever could ask or imagine. Every time you trust God, you just you put your, your, your heart on the, things, the promises of God, and I'm telling you, God will not let you down. We've lived our life watching God supply for us over and over and over again. a good God, but he wants to use his people to extend his kingdom. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we're not here passing through. We're here on an assignment. You have a duty to extend his kingdom in your realm of influence. I've got my realm of influence. There's places I go where uh, the moment I show up, I make a difference. I went to Louisiana, a place called Lafayette, to dear friends of ours. They took me out for, for lunch, and a young man came to the table to serve us. And as he got to the table, he was taking our orders, and I said to them, when he walked away, I said, he's had trouble with his family today, and God wants to touch him. He came back, and I said to him, I feel the Lord has told me that you are, you are having problems, and I think it's with your dad today. He just burst into tears. He says, you have no idea. I said, I do. He said, God knows. And God wants to intervene in your situation right now.
I said, are you a Christian? He said, yes, sir. I said, then God's for you. Take my hand. Prayed for him right there in the restaurant. Power of God hit him. He, he, peace came over him. He just said, I feel fantastic. Of course you do. Pentecost fell again. The power of the Spirit to be my witnesses. You say, Pastor, you only ask because you're a pastor. Listen, I was moving in this stuff long before, before I ever thought of being a pastor. This is for anyone who believes. So, so today I say to you, I challenge you. I challenge you. You can stay just as you are. You can stay comfortable. You can come to meetings and not expect anything. Or you can start to get desperate and say, my family, we're going home today and we're going to make a decision that we are going to live at a higher level. We're not just going to get additions, we're going to get multiplication. We're not just going to get multiplication, we're going to get great multiplication. We're going to see God increase us and increase us and we're not stopping till we get it. Because it's that promise, promise is to you, your children, and it's to many as the Lord shall call. It's a promise to you as a couple. It's a promise to you. It's a promise to you. He promised you, I will use you. I will pour my spirit over you and you will be my witnesses. I'll give you power. Not to indulge yourself, but to bless others. I know this church longs for that. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, raise your hand and receive. I mean really receive. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that first of all, a deep conviction for not settling where we are would come upon every one of us. That, Lord Jesus, we would make a decision to live at a higher level than yesterday and then a higher level again. That, Lord, we will always push in for more. I pray right now that you will pour out of your spirit upon every single person. Receive it now. Every single person in this room, Lord, come by the power of your spirit. Rain upon them, Lord. Rain your blessings on them, Lord. Lord, come by your power. Come by your glory, Lord. Come over them, Lord. And cause them to just rise up from the inside. And start to live at a new level, Lord. No matter how they feel they failed. No matter how unworthy they feel they are. Lord, I break the spirit of shame and guilt and fear. And I declare right now that, Lord, everyone in this room will be confident that you are going to meet them in an outstanding way. Come, Lord. Just expect God to fall on you right now. Just receive it, okay? Just receive it. I've asked. You receive it. Fall on our families, Lord. Make our homes a different place. Cause manifestations of the Spirit to show up in our homes, upon our bodies, in Jesus' name. Send angels, Lord. I send angels into their, their situations to cover them, to watch over them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's a person in this room... That's really battling in your work environment. It's, it's as though you, you, you're really being persecuted. You're being over, overlooked. You're being treated unfairly. 
And I just want you to know God today wants to break into that situation and make a difference for you. If that's you, just wave your hand at me. Let me see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Well, in Jesus' name, I speak into your situation now that God will bring a change immediately. That as you come into work Tuesday morning or even tomorrow, whatever it is, that there will be a total turnaround in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, receive it and say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's a person in this room who wakes up during the middle of the night and feels like, like uh, there, there's, it's not fear, it's like this. your whole body is in trepidation. You're anxious at a high level. If that's you, just raise your hand, wave it at me. Thank you, Lord. See those hands. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm speaking peace over you now. The Bible tells us that peace travels. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak peace into your situation. Would you receive it? Right now, peace to you in Jesus' name. That this will be a turning point in your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just for a moment tell the Lord how much you love him and how much you appreciate all he's done for you. Let's just give him the glory and the honor. If you feel like clapping, you can clap. If you feel like shouting, shout. But just for a moment, just give God glory and honor for all that he's done for you. Amen. Don't worry about everybody else. If you're the only person clapping, it doesn't matter. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. From the bottom of our heart, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. You never let us down. We thank you. You never drop us, Lord. We thank you. Your promises are guarantees of what you're going to do. Not maybes, guarantees. You're not like man, Lord. When you promise, it's set. So thank you, Lord. We can rely on you, trust you. Bless this congregation. Cause your spirit to flow like a river. Cause them not to be scared of the manifestations of God. Cause them not to be weird, Lord. But cause them to be uh, confident, responsible, to get more from you to grow more in you, to do more for you. Because we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And we all agreed and said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.